Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Always live and free on the Odyssey app. Friday here, so we're gonna have a, a whole lot of fun as we get ready for the game this weekend. As we welcome in Mike and Steak, and yeah. I have a question because I know you guys worked together for a long time before. What was the name of the show? It was Mayhem in the PM at first. We had Ibis in the morning, everybody, and then we went to Mayhem in the PM. Mayhem in the PM, and Mayhem in the AM. Okay, Mayhem in the PM, and then became Mayhem in the AM. Right when we dropped the curmudgeon up in New York to on Ibis, and we took over morning. So the the best Mike Bell stuff is when he rolled. I mean, we this we get tired of telling the story, but his job interview is the greatest job interview in the history of radio. We went out all night in Buckhead. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, all. I night. mean, Mike at five o'clock in the morning in the back of then steak sob. With a, a Delta stewardess. Stop convertible. Back then you could call them a stewardess, flight attendant. I'm going to stay. I, maybe this is a bad time. Did I get the job? <laughs> <laughs> and Stake's like, yeah, I need you. We got to uh, get back to Fort Myers. Give two weeks notice. We, yeah. uh, we got to do this immediately. Yeah. There, and there it is. And the rest is history. Magic. And the rest is history. We, we, we were at Leopard Lounge. We went to the Palm to start the night. The Leopard Lounge? Yeah, it's right on, around uh, the corner. Off of Crescent. What year yeah. is this? Uh, what 98. Year was it? 98. Yeah. Summer of 98? He, he, I'd heard his tape, and he comes to town. And I said, meet me after at the Palm. That's where we hang out after the shows. And we were off and running on an epic evening. And, like, end of the night, he, he said, I shoot my kid sister for this job. I call Andrew, my partner. I go, I, he just cost himself 30% of his income. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> you think of great negotiators. You don't think of the Irish guys. And then, and then he doesn't tell us about a non-compete. You ever heard this part? Yeah, no, I've never heard that part. So he's got a non-compete. Sheriff's deputy walks in middle of uh, mayhem in the PM six months in and serves him papers Are you on serious? the air. Oh yeah, yeah. Guy, guy comes in. I said, "Come and get one of us." Yeah, you get the mic. Oh yeah, no sex. Like, and I think Bobby Cox is. Why is there a sheriff's deputy in the hallway? And there he's. And they're gonna get served. <laughs> they, came, they came to serve. <laughs> I got served on the air for breach of contract. <laughs> That's hey, true story. Uh, like, no. did you know you had a contract? I go, yeah, but they never, they never enforced it down there. I was the, I was the case study. Yeah. I was the guy they were going to make an example of. Because a lot of guys had left to do TV us, and other right, markets right, and right. radio. Et Give us the Andrew Salson when he found Damn. out. Very disappointed in you. I can't believe you didn't know the status of your contract. This is going to cost. This is going to cost you thousands of dollars. Guy, uh, real quick, lawyer, a guy named Brad Adler, still friends with Mike to this day. Uh, from Freeman, Matheson, Gary, yeah. called in. He goes, I'll take it on pro bono. I'm like, whoa, 
There Thank you. Go. you. What they do? We just settled. We just settled. settled. We settled. We settled. No right. big deal. Well, what you guys got coming on the show? <laughs> Obviously, a lot of fun. More what? anecdotes of this nature. Okay. And, uh, we're going to talk to our good buddy Ross Tucker. Uh, he is calling the Falcons game this week. We just saw him up at the Army Navy up in Boston. Okay. Good dude. Uh, Stakes get a chance to react to what Arthur Smith told us yesterday up there in Flowery Branch. The bowl situation. Stakes got some strong opinions. I know on Florida State. And uh, I have some strong opinions on West Virginia. Thanks for the win last Okay, Okay, there we go right there. Well, Steak and Mike coming up 2 to 7. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You know how everything seems like a good idea after you've had a few? Mm, Yeah, that's this show. Riding in my car. And I'm listening to the radio. It's time for Dukes and Bell. Oh, someone told me it's the Black Beverly Hills. Is that true? Driving in Atlanta just got a whole lot more bearable. Welcome to the party, pal. Hi, everybody. Carl Dukes and Mike Bell. The names that mean goodness. Say my name, you know who I am. Carl Dukes. I drink and I know things. Oh, don't question my authority thing. King Kong ain't got on me. Sometimes you just got to call somebody, and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, ah! And Mike Dell. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Hope you guess my name. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes, right? Get ready for the best five hours of your life. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, stuff. Don't believe me, just watch. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. You know what? Why don't we start doing the stuff that other guys have done on other radio shows around the country? No. no. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Atlanta! Happy holidays, man. Hope everybody's having a Merry Christmas, getting ready for the new year. And uh, in the spirit of these holiday mashups, you just heard Mike and Randy. Yes! My man, who brought me from Fort Myers to Atlanta back in 98. Best partner I ever had, uh, until Carl, of course. It is Steak Shapiro. How you doing, brother? Great to see you. And holiday season feels like a perfect week. I love how Conti is mixing up the shows this week. Right on. Loved hearing Mike and Randy. Like I said, two real men. And now we get on the air, right? (laughs) Two men who played in the NFL. One went to Alabama. One went to Georgia. Played in national title games. Played in the NFL, right? All kinds of stuff. And then there's what, – what position were you over there? I was, a, I was a long snapper. A long snapper, right? <laughs> and the nice little Jewish kid from the JCC. We come in and give a different perspective, yes. right? From men who strode the gridiron to yes. a couple of big mouths. Uh, yeah. We start the exactly. yes. A couple of guys who know how to order at a, at a restaurant, right? right? Uh, the best uh, best restaurant guy in town. And yes. uh, we'll talk – got to talk more about that uh, restaurant you recommended in Boston. We do start the show. And Day-Day, get in on this too because Day-Day is a one-man gang today. He's producing engineering. And we say, <gasps> hey! Hey, man. man. Yeah, man. And by the way, you thanks for bringing the mojo. Uh, I, I stayed on the beach, Carl, as Hans Gruber would say, earning 20%. And uh, he went to the, the game, used my tickets, took yes, your son. Yes, sir. Took my son, and actually we finagled an extra ticket to take my uh, father-in-law. He hadn't been to an NFL game in 20 years. Oh, you used Mikey's seats. Yeah, great oh, seats, awesome. too. Yeah, Had no, a good time. And you, brought the, and you brought the mojo, more importantly, man. So that's great. Guy hit me up on Twitter. Maybe you shouldn't go again. I go, well, you know, maybe you could pay my PSL fee. Anyway. I give you, you a lot I give you a lot of credit because you have been investing your dollars. When I talk about you doing I said, listen, Mike Bell is the guy that's been spending how many years now? 25. 25. Yeah, because wow. when I first 25. got here, 
years. Uh, the Byers got uh, Kenny Byers and Bobby, both a fireman and a, a police officer here in Atlanta, yep. both uh, retired. We shared the tickets, and I, they would buy them, and I would buy into the plan and uh, sat in Section 124 for uh, until, I guess, 17 when the Benz got built. Right. And then you were part of the PSL? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, buddy. Listen, when you're investing those kind of dollars, you know, you, you could have one of those press passes and be <laughs> sitting up there in a stoic atmosphere eating a nice big mm-hmm. buffet. Instead, you're with the people in the stands. And I think it gives you even more uh, leverage mm. to say, listen, I've spent t- hundreds of of thousands, right? Hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars on this franchise, and uh, certainly did not get the product you would nope. hope for. Nope. And it's fun because you know years ago uh, when they launched Atlanta United, and Arthur Blank was there with the compounds, a huge big party was going on, and and Arthur's always you know you know he's been great with us since we worked together at the old station, and ran into him in the crowd, and you know he's got security and stuff, and he's chatting, and he goes, "Oh, I want to talk to him." You know, it's just, it was just typical Arthur. Yeah. And uh, he goes, "I always respect the fact that you put your money where your mouth is." You know, and so he, he did say. Yeah. That. So he know he's aware of it. Yeah. I was there for the press conference in New Orleans, Louisiana, when Arthur Blank was announced, it was um, Taylor Smith was mm-hmm. there, and he basically hands over the franchise right. to Arthur Blank. It was at the Fairmont Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana. It was Super Bowl week, and I guess that would have been Paul Tagiboo, right? So right. announcing there's a new owner of the Atlanta Falcons. It's out of the Smith family. Mm. Dan Reeves was the head coach, and Arthur Blank comes in. Um, so this was, what, 27 years? How long yeah, they so that would have been, been two th- – because the Smith family had to sign off on the Vic trade technically because Arthur hadn't taken over ownership. But they were, obviously, which changed the, the fortunes of the franchise. But, yeah, yeah that was 20, 2001. And I would say – and, I, and you know, obviously, we spent a lot of time with Arthur Blank over the years, and he's had his heyday with Michael Vick and Matt Ryan. He's had the absolute other end of it, which was Michael Vick in federal prison and, and fancier thought that – I don't know what they thought. Arthur turned <laughs> on him or whatever, like he was supposed to have a job when he came out. I remember telling Arthur Blank – you know, it, it's never going to be the ride like when you took over the team. Like, it was a right. four-year run with Mike Vick. It was the most popular the franchise had ever been. Right. It was the most sought-after ticket in the history of the franchise. And, Arthur, also, I always tell folks, because I, I get it, the PSL thing drives you crazy, but, I, you know, I think, you know, the minions kind of set the price point. But Arthur's also the guy that was giving away $10 tickets, $10 tickets. in the upper level. So that was right at the beginning right. also. Warwick Dunn was on a plane with me. He said, what do I need to do? And Warwick Dunn said, you need to get people in the building. Nobody's ever here. Right. Started selling $10 tickets. We also mentioned he's the first guy in professional sports to sell dollar hot dogs and dollar Cokes and everything else. Right. But my point is, it, it is not unlike a player or a GM or a coach. And I thought, Mike, two weeks ago when we lost that game in Carolina, that was the most vitriol I've ever heard mm. against Arthur Blank, right? right? That all of a sudden, Arthur Smith had been on the, you know, right. in the firing line, right? Right. All of a sudden, folks are like, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, 80, 80-something-year-old guy mm. that now is, you know, taking a lot of heat. But that comes with NFL ownership, right? I right. mean, that's it's not going to be a perfect no. ride. Look, I, I don't, we're never going to relive. Well, we do it probably too often on the show. My fault, usually, we relive the 2016 debacle in Super Bowl 51. But that just, that would change everything. But unfortunately, we didn't. And You're totally Arthur, right. Arthur wants to win as much as any owner out there. But, you know, and it's funny because we were talking about, Carl and I were talking about this yesterday. We, we talked about, like, the Bears are kind of thought of as a dysfunctional franchise and ownership. Well, how, how are we not dysfunctional based on where we're at? And I know that Arthur, as we said, maybe loyal to a fault, I think, at times, and, and wants to win. But sometimes, you know, like finding the right coach, talk to the other 31 I, I, owners. It's very difficult say, to get that guy. I, was, I, would, I totally understand the frustration about your owner, right? Because mm-hmm. we've never won a Super Bowl. He's just, you know, he's, a, he's only the second owner, right, in franchise mm-hmm. history. So I, I think it's fair. My only question is, like, 
He's fired many coaches. He's had Jim Mora. He's had Dan Reeves. Right. He's had Mike Smith. He's had Dan Quinn. He's had Arthur Smith. I don't think he's afraid to let go of coaches. He, I think, lets his personnel guys make decisions. I think Terry Fontenot and Thomas Dimitrov and those guys. Like, I, you know, it, should he meddle less? Should he meddle more? Is he too <laughs> involved? Is he not involved? Is he not spending it? Like, I don't, you know, it, it's just a hard thing to put your finger on. I, I asked him the question a couple, I guess it was last year, are you a meddler? Because, you know, I've always been of the opinion that it was Arthur driving the Deshaun Watson thing, you know, back in uh, that spring and that yeah. March. And because, you know, if you're Fontenot, if you – he's a general manager and he's, you know, new to the – that was his second year here, but you still know the finances. If you're going to get in the mix with somebody in, in, a, in a bidding war, you got to have the chips. Right. And Haslam just, just came over the top and if you want to say used us for leverage or whatever. But it was it would have it would have maybe hamstrung the team even beyond what we were doing with the Matt Ryan contracts. You would have given up so much in draft equity to pull it off. And it's, I just felt it, that came from the owner. It's the most – that had to. Right. Mike, that, he that denies it. To. He denies it, but, you know. Terry Fontenot is going to make a move like that with the greatest player in the history of the franchise. Matt Ryan is going to be shuttered out of town. Listen, I know the Patriots franchise pretty well. Bill Belichick wanted to get rid of Tom Brady at one point. He had a bunch of Super Bowls under his belt, and Bob Kraft stepped in and said, hold on a second, you know, the buck stops here <laughs> yeah. with Tommy, right? My point right. is there are certain guys the owner has to sign off on. If you're going to get rid of, Tom, uh, get rid of Matt Ryan, I think your owner has to sign off at a very, very high level, right? Well, and because the end result on this is you can't make this deal happen. Uh, and there were a lot of moving parts to it. But then you marginalize your quarterback to the fact that at the, at the bare minimum, you should have gotten a second rounder for the guy. And you got to give him away for a third rounder because now he's a, a lame duck in right. essence. And he goes, it's such a weird yeah. of all the things around the Falcon franchise. And Mike and I have been through half of them, right? In, our, in the years we've been. You know, the, the Eugene Robinson in Miami, that was weird right. uh, beyond, um, you know, obviously. You me down at the Clevelander when Craig Sager comes and tells us that he just got popped. So funny. We're on South Beach, yeah. me and Mikey, and and we may have had a fewer 12. Right. And it's like, you hear about the, you heard, you heard about yeah. that, Craig Sager. It was like, next thing you know, we go to the bar, and there it is up on the TV. Mm. A uh, It was Sports Center. Right. And it's a Falcon U- player arrested, then later on, parentheses, Eugene Robinson comes up. So, I mean, yeah. that that was as weird as it mm. gets. Obviously, losing the biggest lead in the history of <laughs> professional sports, arguably <laughs> worst collapse of all time. I mean, there's been a lot of weird things. But but the manner in, in, the, in the way you went after and the end of Matt Ryan's run here. Yeah. It's just bizarre. It fizzled, stuff. you know, and yeah, and and we've talked about you know, now. Here we are coming through. This was the, and then you get bring it to present. We thought this is the year we're finally coming out of the tunnel. There's light, and now we got money to spend. They addressed the defense. We've uh, gone skill, skill, skill in the draft. Right. This is the year we're going to go. And I look. I was banging the drum all summer long with Carl that Ritter is going to be that 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 uh, unicorn that Russell Wilson is. You're going to have all this flexibility salary wise because he's a third round pick. Right. But he wasn't any good. <laughs> No, he's I mean a, he's the, a turnover machine. He was the least. Yeah. He 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 is the least, uh, the most careless with a football of any quarterback I've ever watched. The most careless, and really defined his career here with that throw in Carolina. I don't think he'll ever throw another pass in this town. Right. Um, I think that the franchise, if Arthur Smith isn't here, it's because of the pass in Carolina when that game should have been uh, won. I think the dissatisfaction of the franchise with the fans is losing to a one and. 13 team at the time with that right. turn. Like, that was the that was the coup de grace of just the mm-hmm. season in a nutshell. I'll give you a lot of credit, man. You sit there with Arthur Smith every week. I read you on Twitter. I listen to you every afternoon. You are unflinching. I give Mike Conti credit. I give the Falcons credit. Not a lot of towns where you're able to be as honest as you are 
and sit with the head coach every single week. And, you know, mm. that's that's great radio. Right. And we'll talk more because we talked a lot here about Arthur Blank. I wonder if we're going to get some meddling about the next quarterback for this franchise. And we, we might see this guy on Sunday in a Falcon uniform. Coming yeah, up Justin next season. Right. I, I don't know how you get there. Somebody's going to have to explain to me. Are you, are you giving up more assets when you're already a franchise that, Right. That, that needs assets. Couldn't you see so Arthur? You. But couldn't you see Arthur Blank loving the idea of a Russell Wilson here, despite how bad it's been the last year? I, I think Justin Fields, not mm. Russell okay. Wilson. We'll come back. Stakes in for Carl today. Are it's, we going to hear some of your Arthur Smith interview from yesterday? We're going to play some. Worth uh, hearing. We blasted right through the first segment because it's you know effortless. You we're, and I, it's, we're you know, talking. it's, we're, it's we're, like Clyde and Pearl. Yeah, it's so like, <laughs> we'll just get into it. We got headlines. We will give you some of those Arthur Smith cuts for those who missed it. Our buddy Ross Tucker is going to join us later on. It's Stakey right here. It's uh, Dukes and Bell. Oh, man, don't uh, change the channel. Why would you? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Presented by Finley Roofing on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, man, it is a Dukes and Bell 2 o'clock hour brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game, man, with a new custom pool table, theater seats, shuffleboard table. You know, it's still technically Christmas. The wise men arrive on January 6th, so you can maybe put a post-it note on the fridge and tell your wife to contact the Man Cave Store. Go to mancavestore.com. My, my whole house right now is a Man Cave Store. Uh, Kimberly's. Sophie, Nola, mm. Bobby, everybody out of town. Right. For They went down to, uh, we had a friend who said, hey, listen, we have an opening between Christmas and New Year's. We got a house down here at the beach right. on 30A. And I was like, listen, I'm working. You might as well go down there. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, just staring at the ocean. I don't care if it's 50 degrees, 60 degrees. Right. Put a sweatshirt on, grab a book, and be looking at the water, right? So right. This, and, and, and so they're all down there. So I got this, you know, nice house to myself. 
running around <laughs> trying to find out, you know, the North Carolina West Virginia line last night, right? <laughs> Meeting buddies out, right? Right. Uh, it's not like the old days where it used to be like, um, Word out is uh, Stakes family's out of town. Uh, alert. Stakes family's out of town. <laughs> and next thing you know, my phone will be yeah, blowing let's up. Let's go. Right. Now it's like, right. go grab a steak at Kaiser's in Sandy Springs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are the bowl games tonight? We're going to have to talk about that at some point, right? Right. You know, we're going to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, mean be, find yeah. out what the numbers are and whatnot. So it's very strange to be here for the holidays. Right. And nobody's around. Right. So it's for, for, for a guy who's used to, you know, a lot of uh, shuffling about. It's awesome. Just me and Rocco. Nice. Uh, steak is in for uh, Carl today. You recognize him for those who don't know because we have a very big radio station, a big antenna. And back in the old days, Steak and I worked at a radio station that was very successful despite having a very small the, signal. The, the worst radio <laughs> signal of all time. Day Day, you literally, during Christmas week, you'd maybe lose us by Perimeter Mall. And then, yeah. And we, so the, the, yeah. The, power, the power of the radio station would go up according to sunlight. So it goes. So the old AM signal. Right? Yeah, the, it was an AM signal. And there's no digital. Right. So basically, we take six months off from people being able to hear us. We were like one of the first guys, actually, in in the south, actually in the country, to really have an audience. It was probably equal to online once we started, you know, giving that yes, ab- we had ability to, be. to listen to. I mean, I'm talking yeah. about when I first showed up at this station, and Mikey's like, um, "Here's something unique about 92.9." I go, "What's that, Mike?" He goes, "People can hear you." Yes, I mean from Warner from Warner Robins yeah, to like Savannah, you know, you know halfway and to Tuscaloosa right. and Clemson. I've like people have been listening to me for years. Are just like I got to tell you something, dude. I, I drove to Athens. I actually heard you the entire way. And the old station I was at for seven years. That was a horrible signal. Right. Still is. So this is this is a treat. Um, to be here. So it's fun when we share some of these anecdotes about, you know, or as Squibbles say, antidotes, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, our experiences working together. Just for background, I was working at Fort Myers and Steak uh, and Salsa and Matt were running the station at the old 790. Yeah, we built this uh, station that was one station, one market, which is a total anomaly. You know, back then it was... Last of the mom and pops. Yeah, one station. That's all we had. Not Susquehanna at a ton or Clear Channel or Cox, whatever. So so we had a really talented guy that worked in mornings with myself and Bo Bach, who unfortunately it didn't last, a guy named A.J. Cannon. And we wanted a guy to come up that could mix sports and humor and back in the day, you send cassette tapes out, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, Day Day and Day Day's engineering producing today. Day, this is before like I mean, the internet was, you know, it's like three or four years. No, the I internet's had a, going down. I had a tape recorder, and I what? Was, what? Yeah, I had a tape recorder <laughs> of a guy named uh, I don't know. His radio name was the same. That's Mike Bell. Yeah, yeah, Mike Bell. That's right. They gave me the name in Fort Myers. And yeah. I told Salsa, who, uh, who now is the chief revenue officer for uh, the Atlanta Hawks and and uh, State Farm Arena. I was like, this guy's funny. Like, listen to this tape. This guy's funny. And, you know, by far the most talented tape we heard. But think about it. Like, I, you had to have a cassette. You throw it in a tape recorder. You hit play. You listen to bits. You had a bunch of bits that you were doing. And, uh, yeah, there was an old radio records magazine. So there was like a little blind box, you know, so looking crazy, for sports. Dude. You know, it's like comedian sports knowledge of plus and I, send your I, tape. I got to Atlanta by sending out cassette tapes. Right. And I would tape cover letters. And I sent them to eight markets. I got a phone call from a guy named Mike Thompson, like, hey, buddy, we might be looking for a morning guy down in Atlanta. And I was like, okay. So my first night in Atlanta, I'm staying at the Radisson downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I was like, middle of Freaknik. Never set foot in Atlanta one day in my life. I was like, these black people like to party in this town. Wow. <laughs> it's like a Thursday night. There's an entire like <laughs> thing going on in the parking lot at the Radisson downtown. My mother calls me Valia. Steven, how do you feel you'd be relating to your audience out in Atlanta? And I was like, Ma, uh, 
They're they're very spirited down here in Atlanta. The African American community is they're 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 a little aggressive. Like I right in the middle of Freaknik, my first night, and oh, then they man. throw me on the air with two other guys. It was like throwing a, a stake into like a cage, and all three of us were going for the same job. Right, and uh, so kill or be killed. Yeah, kill or be killed. And these two guys are nice Southern guys that have been right. living in Atlanta. And I was a maniac in my mid-20s down here. And I said, I'm not leaving that room, right? right. Three men enter, one man <laughs> leaves. Because <laughs> that's the and, and, and it's funny, we talk to younger guys. And we, we know we've got some great young guys that work here at the radio station. And we talk about violence. And it's how do you, you know, in the old days, it was a different animal. Also, more radio stations. Now it's. So know. I start <laughs> arguing with Bo Bach. I go, Michael Irvin's the best wide receiver in, uh, in the NFL. But Michael Irvin! What are you nuts? I get- Andre Rice is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Andre Rice is the best wide receiver. I mean, I, I the poor guy, I gave him a heart attack right. day one. Mm. And we are scre- I mean, never met the guy, Bobak. And he won't stop talking about Andre Risen. And I kick in my Michael Irvin and then my Boston Roots are much more mellow. But back then, you know, you think you own the, you know, you you have the attitude that you have to have this bravado. And I don't think Bobak could have hated me more, although he hated me a lot over the years. <laughs> but it still does, I think. Yes. But but by the yeah. end of Andre Risen versus Michael Irvin, that was 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the gig, moved to Atlanta, sight unseen, and haven't left. But it was a different animal, dude. Right. I literally typing up cover letters, putting them in envelopes, and mailing out cassette tapes and hoping somebody would listen. But anyway, long, long history yeah. together. So just why I figured we'd lay out sort of the baseline for you, the primer for what the what the connection is here, because I was working in Fort Myers, and radio's like baseball. You go from smaller market, work your way up. And uh, I was doing Top 40, and I uh, did a little bit of TV down there. And steak, uh, they, they hired me. We talked earlier with uh, with Randy and Mike on the handoff. We partied all night, going going hard. You know, basically breaking every HR rule that would exist today. Yeah, and then, I mean, we, we, for, we, we t- I say meet me at the Palm. That was our clubhouse. Yeah. And I said, we're going to go. We had five places we're going to go tonight. And by 4 a.m., I said, I think I like this guy, right? October 11th, October 12th, and 13th, and 14th, I was intoxicated. I drank all of those days. I drank in excess. (laughs) Yeah. It was, and then uh, it was the old, for for younger guys and for guys my age, it was the heyday of Buckhead. It was the day that Buckhead was, you know, was was where all those new modern restaurants and shops are. It was, you know, the uh, the lodge. It it was the the biggest. Party scene yeah. in the United States of America. There was no, and all my buddies that live all over the country would come to Atlanta, and and they just sort of like, dude, Buckhead's got seventy bars, but then you have these late night bars. Then you have like, you know, the the club anytimes and backstreets of the world, and you make the mistake of, of moving a girlfriend here, right? Slash fiance. I came up with, uh, now again, at the time, I was also broke as a joke, took care of my grandmother, had her in assisted living. She, she ran out of money. I ran out of money. She moved in with me. So when I came up here, my, my lovely girlfriend at the time, Patty, she was the finance. She was the minister of finance. Hey, hey, have you ever told the story about the clothes on Peachtree Street? Yeah. So, <laughs> so Day Day, and here's another lesson for you youngsters out there, young guys. If you're going to have a woman bankroll you, set you up in a two-bedroom apartment in Brookhaven. In a high rise. I remember you know. it well where you and, were you know, The one thing you want to do is to be, you know, obviously respectful of the commitment she has made to you and, and to not cheat on her every chance you get and also be dumb enough to leave physical evidence that you right. have cheated. Or at least be smart yeah. about it. And so when she did come home, uh, she was commuting she was back her, and forth. So Mikey was living in Brookhaven. Yeah. She's back and forth. I was living next to uh, Raphael Belliard was my uh, was my next door neighbor. <laughs> Let's I just say him. you weren't ready to settle down. That's... No. I see Raphael in the elevator. Hey, good luck today. 
See? Anyway, uh, but so I come home one day, Day Day, and I see all this like junk and debris on the street on Peachtree. And I'm like right over the cab line. I go, what the heck's going on out here? Then I realize it's all my clothes being thrown out of the balcony from like the 17th floor. She, I mean, that's she literally, yeah. and it was Johnny Plops, right? right. Steve that, Lockery, Kevin Lockery's son, helped me yeah. move. And, yep. and and you literally were picking up your clothes. Right. You're like, hey, boss, uh, we had a kind of a bad situation. My clothes are, are, are literally spewing all over Peachtree. I mean, like, you can't make it up. Served on air. Yeah. 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 Served on air. Clothes thrown all over she, the She street. literally pulled the you dirt bag. They had a balcony oh. and sat in Brookhaven. If you know Peachtree, where Peachtree becomes Peachtree Industrial, and he's got this great condo, okay. and she starts launching all his sh- all over yeah. all all over Peachtree. Yeah, and then just to wrap it up because we do have to get the headlines coming up here on Dukes and Bellwood State filling in. By the time we moved my stuff out the next week, Steve Lockery and Johnny are helping me out, and uh, she goes, "Can I talk to you one last time?" I'm like, "Well, really, the guys are ready to go. I got the U-Haul downstairs." <laughs> She's like, "You know, I made sacrifices for you. I did things for you. I didn't want to do." I'm like, I didn't ask you to go lesbian. I'm talking about the joint checking account. <laughs> and and plopped in here. My boys are laughing right so now. Living funny. Like, Just get the hell out of here. Do you hear the line? Though? It's one of my favorite lines, me and Salsa. I, did, I made sacrifices <laughs> I never wanted to make. And, and his response, I, I didn't ask you to go lesbian. She said I was talking about the joint checking account. So, this is, so, so she was happy about yes. going the, you know, trying it's things just, out. That wasn't the problem. Yeah, so and then you was, moved in two houses down from me yep. in Brookhaven cousin, for a while. My cousin Vinny. Right. <laughs> With Joe like, Ryan's like, guys. Literally, yes. I'm trying to build a life, start a new, like, you know, uh, get into a new relationship, a new marriage, recently divorced. Oh. You're living two houses down. Right? No joke. Uh, and literally, we got all these stories. We got four hours, well, three and a half, no, four and a half hours to fill. We got to get to that. But first thing, I must, I'm duty bound to give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Strap in, youngins. In the headlines with Dukes and Bell. Headlines are brought to you, by the way, by our buddies at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. We can help. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. Good here from Arthur Smith. First, Sean Payton. And what the heck's going on? What happened with Russell Wilson? I think the ongoing step is understanding how not to lose games before you learn how to win them. And two-thirds of the games we see each weekend are lost before they're ever won. And we're still learning that the hard way. Offensive genius, some would say, much like Belichick without Brady, him without Sean, uh, without Drew Brees is a different animal. What do you make of this? I, I think he's scapegoating Russell. I, I, I have one question. I asked you guys before the show, if, if the Patriots don't, humiliate him on what was it christmas night or whatever right. it was or, or the night before oh yeah it was you stay in, in the course well you, you're, you, you you're, don't have the means to bench or the problem is and you're still alive for the playoffs he, so you don't lose that game. if he gets banged up and he's injured in march when he takes that physical mm-hmm. russell wilson you owe him another 38 million dollars they're not making the playoffs it was, it was a hundred percent business move his numbers you put it out on twitter mike Russell Wilson's numbers are fine. Right. It was a turnaround in the NFL. They realized they got to get out from under that trade. It was the worst trade in NFL history. Uh, listen, I, we'll talk about Sean Payton later mm-hmm. on, one of the most insufferable characters. But they had no choice. I don't know where Russell Wilson ends up or if he ends up anywhere is the question. Right. And I know that we'll talk about his future, perhaps, I don't know, crossing paths here in Atlanta, which some people are freaking out over. One last note with Arthur Smith. We're going to play more of this later. Joined him yesterday up at Flowery Branch. I asked him, are you coaching any different now? Because is it feeling, how let, let the chips fall because, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that's basically on the hot seat. I mean, I think you learn from all your experiences. And uh, I have always believed pressure is a privilege. I, it, nothing makes me, I guess, more sick to my stomach than to get people. You're, 
you get to do this in pro football. I talked about it a lot last week. And, you know, you talk about mindset. And uh, when, when you really think about it, like, you got to love what you're doing. This is the National Football League. You signed up for pro football. Like, it comes with the territory. Right. When somebody sits there and acts like a victim, I mean, I just roll my eyes. Like, screw that. You're going to find out what you're about. You want to be judged. You want to be challenged. And there's nothing better, right? You, you get last week and guys show you who they are. But now it's our job. Now you got to do it again. But that you should embrace that. And uh, that's what makes you feel good. we got the right guys here. In terms of that, no, I think you're, there's a lot of lessons learned. It's certainly different when you're a head coach. And you just got to know yourself. Being a head coach and a play caller is different than just being the offensive coordinator. And there's been some lessons I've learned and, you know, a lot of self-reflection. And I need to get, you know, you know as you study things, and I think um, getting back to that mindset, you know, where you're able to, to manage a game, but also when you're just trust out there mm-hmm. with the players and uh, you feel like you're in sync, that's what it felt like last week for sure. Such an Arthur Smith cut. It just it just meanders. It starts right. somewhere. And then it just goes like in a million to like stream of consciousness, yep. not delivered at a very uh, high level of, of uh, elocution, whatnot. And I'm not, not, I mean, he's just a weird interview. It just, I you give know, you guys crazy. He's a weird interview. And you wonder, I mean, the way he processes things, it does meander, and that sometimes feels like it meanders into the playbook and meanders into the play calling. But we'll. Like, is there too much yeah. going on in his brain? I think, I know we got to go to break. I think he comes back. And I think he, they take away play-calling duties from him. I think Arthur says, you're not doing this anymore. I think that's probably the way it's going to play out. We'll get Ross Tucker's take on the Falcons. He's calling the game next on Dukes and Bell with Steak and for Carl. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. More Dukes and Bell. Are you ready? Presented by Finley Roofing on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell. Appreciate the feedback on the text line, and you can always follow us. Uh, I am at uh, Mike Bell ATL, and you can follow us. And by the way, if you're, I meant to bring this up earlier when I introduced you. A man who needs no introduction. Don't forget Atlanta Eats, which has become hugely successful, and and Steak's doing his thing. He is at Steak Shapiro on social media as well. We, we don't say the X; we just call it Twitter. Yeah, we got a new uh, food review up on Instagram, so that seems to be, you know, like the sports thing. People are like, uh, is he, does he really talk sports? Because all I really hear, <laughs> last I checked, he was eating a cheesesteak. So we have a new burger review Saw up that. on Instagram. Very, I, I'll talk about it because I think yeah. some of those calls were right on point. Speaking of food, here's a guy that could do the same thing if he wanted to. Ross Tucker joins us right now on the WaitFor.com hotline. He's on the call for Falcons-Bears. Merry Christmas, Ross. Just saw you up there for uh, Army-Navy, and how you been? 
Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you guys and everybody in Atlanta. It was great to meet you in person, Mike. And I'm doing great, man. I'm, I just landed in Chicago. I'm in a car on the way to the city and fired up. Fired up for a bunch of things. I mean, first of all, Chicago is like an elite food city. So I already got my reservation tonight with a couple of my Princeton teammates who live here. And then tomorrow night with the, the CBS crew. And then obviously... Really looking forward to the game, man. I, um, you know, I've been there. I, I've been in these late season games where there's a lot on the line, and and even if you know for Chicago, you know maybe the playoffs are kind of uh, highly unlikely. There's a lot on the line for their head coach Matt Eberflus and their quarterback Justin Fields. I mean, there's a lot of people playing for jobs these last two games. Storylines abound, obviously. Um, we think we got a lot in Atlanta trying to figure out how we didn't get in the playoff mix. I guess it's a 15% chance to make the playoffs or less. But in Chicago, I think the most fascinating, especially because he's a local kid in Justin Fields, you got the top pick. There's some franchise-esque legendary kids coming out of college. What continues to be the buzz about the commitment to Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears? Well, what's so interesting about it is it really feels like the city is split 50-50 yeah. in how they feel about it. And it's it's not an easy question to answer, right? Because there's so many ancillary factors that go into it, such as if they stuck with Fields and trade the number one overall pick again for the second year in a row, what could they get in return for it? Because that's part of the equation. If they elected it, decided they wanted to – get a new quarterback with that number one overall pick and traded Justin Fields, what could they get for him? Now, Fields is under contract uh, next year, and then they can pick up his fifth-year option if they want to this offseason. So they could have him under contract for two more years. But, you know, if he really excels next year, they're going to have to give him one of those huge big-time contracts, whereas a rookie quarterback would be on a rookie deal for a bunch of years. So, there's a lot of different factors goes into it. I think maybe complicating things is there's a lot of speculation about Matt Eberflus, the head coach, and his status, along with the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. So I think there's some school thought, well, you know, Fields has the has the tools. We just need a different offense, just need a different uh, offensive coordinator, and then he can make the most out of Fields. So there's yeah. – I mean, I know you guys have some questions yeah. down there in Atlanta. I think they might have you beat. <laughs> in terms of questions and variables and massive, all kinds of things, massive decision right. for the Bears. And that's the thing, Ross. And by the way, Ross Tucker is the—he's uh, our insider, guys. Our Odyssey NFL insider calls presented by Health Markets. Shop for health insurance your way. That's the thing, Ross, because a lot of guys—you know, Carl and I, Carl especially—was banging the drum back at the draft. We took Kyle Pitts. This is the guy, local kid, going to put fannies in the seats. And then you look at it and you say, there's like Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. This guy's had a bunch of nitwits calling the plays. No disrespect to Matt Nagy. He's back getting coffee for Andy Reid. You got a guy, Luke Getz, who's never been a, an OC at the NFL level before. And this is the guy you've got to fix. Or, I mean, and how much fixing does he need? How much tweaks does he need? You know what's interesting, by the way, just as you say that, um, it would be pretty interesting to see what Arthur Smith, you know, could have done with Fields the last three years just because. You know, Arthur Smith loves to run the ball so much. And Ritter is sort of a uh, a poor man's Justin Fields, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not as strong of an arm, but pretty decent arm. Not as athletic as Fields, but pretty good athlete. Hey, the, 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 best place, then, the best plays we've run the entire season 
or Desmond Ritter inside the 10, inside the 20, running the ball. I mean, those those literally were the only guaranteed touchdown makers is Desmond Ritter's legs inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, you know what I think is interesting about Ritter is that, you know, it's not like the Falcons even traded up to get him. You know, they, they took him they took him in the third round. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't trade up to get him. They're not paying him a ton of money. I think they thought they saw enough promise last year to give him this year. And, again, he did some positive things. You know, it's one of those things, if you could just not have that one or no, two but that's, bonehead yeah, play. We said it enough. Every I mean, game. I mean, you guys, it's you just guys not, have double-digit wins right now. You, everything in life, I tell my three kids, has repercussions. And for Desmond Ritter, unfortunately, you've lost the right to be our quarterback. You lost the right. You 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 literally have no respect for the football. And Mike and I have seen a lot of quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter was the worst at it. So I ask you the question: Nobody's been worse on the road really than the Falcons for three years under Arthur Smith. It's not a game we normally win. Is there a scenario as you watch tape and say the Falcons team from last week has a chance to win in Chicago? Yeah, honestly, I think it's a field goal game either way. And I think the point spread right now, it's interesting, has the Bears favored by three as the home team, and it's going to be cold. So, you know, that tells you that they think these are two pretty evenly matched teams. You know, the Bears are four and two in their last six. And if you remember, the two losses, guys, they were up by double digits against the Lions in Detroit. Right. Whatever that was, five or six weeks ago. And then they were up by double digits in Cleveland until Flacco had that miraculous comeback. So the Bears could so easily have won six in a row and been in the playoff race, although you obviously in Atlanta know a thing or two about losing a bunch of close games this year, which is why I always say to people, you ever notice how people call in and say that they never mention, like, the close wins they had? You know what I mean? (laughs) They never mention, well, that one could have gone the other way. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome game. The teams remind me a lot of each other. I mean, they're both playing really good defense right now. They both really want to run the rock. They both ran for over 200 yards last week. They both want to be running teams that throw play action off of it and play good defense, and that's kind of what they are. I mean, the Bears are number one in the NFL against the run, stopping the run. They're number two rushing team in the NFL, and they're six and nine. So maybe that's not as important as we used to think it is, you know? I mean, I can't remember back in the day when when we were all younger, the number two-ranked rushing team, number one stop in the run was six and nine. It's a different league now. Passing means a lot. Red zone means a lot. The Bears have the worst red zone defense in terms of allowing touchdowns in the NFL. And red zone's been our kryptonite. I mean, it's funny, Ross, you make up a great point. You know, those games we're talking about, ones we blew, like the Vikings game, we let Dobbs run away, and same with Kyler Murray. We beat the Bucks 16-13. Ritter turned it over. We had three fumbles in the red zone. Yeah, we, we have exactly the record <laughs> so, we deserve. Same thing. We had a late drive against the Packers. We could have lost that game. We had a pick six that didn't go back. We, we landed on, on the exact record we deserve. It's the Parcells maxim, yeah, really. Totally you know, exact, you, what record says you are what you are. It's our man, our Odyssey NFL insider, Ross Tucker. Uh, real quick, because you're in Philly. The, the Eagles look really sloppy against the Giants. I mean, I, we're tr- it's like who's going to win the NFC now? Because the, the 49ers just got smacked around by the Ravens. Dallas gets beat by the Dolphins. And the Eagles make it, you know, you know, it looked ugly. I, I saw those Eagles fans were just apoplectic against the Giants. Well, so first of all, the Niners are still the best team in my mind. I mean, you look at almost every metric, every statistic. The Ravens had a great game plan. 
They picked off five balls. Several of them were tipped. I, I still think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. Kudos to the Ravens for a great performance. That said, I, I actually I'm a little more optimistic than a lot of the Eagles fans are. I mean, I called that game on the radio. It was on Christmas. I get in the elevator after the game, and there's Eagles fans getting on their worst 11 and four team I've ever seen. Like, can you imagine you guys <laughs> in Atlanta? How much would you? How much? I mean, there's people in Atlanta that would cut off part of their pinky right now to be the worst 11 yep. and four team that they've ever seen. You know, the thing that I think people are discounting about that game, I mean, the Eagles had almost 500 yards of offense. And all their main guys, you know, Herbert, DeAndre Swift, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Goddard, they all had pretty good games. And then defensively, they gave up less than 300 yards. I mean, really, it was the bomb from Tyrod Taylor to Slayton that got them back in it again. Other than that, they would have had barely over 200 yards. There were a couple fluke plays. Goddard falls on an out route and they return it for a pick six. Boston Scott runs into his own guy on the kickoff return. That leads to a touchdown. I'm feeling a lot better. If I think if you're an Eagles fan, you got to be feeling a lot better about their Super Bowl chances because they got a great spot to maybe get the number two seed, which would be big. And then also, you know, they finally got the offense going again and felt like they were moving the ball the way they're supposed to be moving it. And the Niners looked beatable that doesn't mean the Eagles can do it or that the Eagles will do it but at least the Niners didn't look like this unstoppable machine it looked like you know they could be had and that, that game was in San Francisco too right Ross man we are we're short on time we always appreciate uh, your time have fun in Chicago Bikes. so real quick what other restaurants you're going to yeah where are you going tonight and what your, what's your lineup yeah, tonight is Lux Bar. Uh, tonight, tomorrow night's Gibson Steakhouse. Oh, classic. Our director, our director is from Chicago, so he was debating between those two for a Friday night. Mm. So I stole the other. I stole the other one for tonight with my uh, with my Princeton boys. Nice. I was going to say, uh, Pump Room was a spot for us. I mean, you can't go wrong. Keenan and Georgetti's yeah. Gibson's great lineup. Hey man, have a great New Year's, Ross. Thanks for the time. Sounds great. Great talking with you guys. You got it, man. That's our Odyssey NFL insider, Ross Tucker. The insider calls presented by Health Markets. Shop for health insurance your way. Steak is here. We got funny stories from back in the day, and we'll share more of those throughout the afternoon. Carl is off today. We got Steaky, and we got plenty more to dive into. Day Day is pressing the buttons, doing a great job. We're going to hit the NFL Blitz, continue to talk about ex-girlfriends and stupid things I did. Also, Steaky, we got to talk burgers, because uh, very. Uh, I would say to some, a very controversial top ten list. Uh, well, listen, that's what I'm here for, right? We're in the opinion business, right? We're in the yeah. opinion business. We'll get into it, man. It's a Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 929 The Game. This hour of the show brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Get all the details at mancavestore.com. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Andy and Randy, middays 11 till 2. Oh, my goodness. These open to In and Out Burger in Idaho. Eight hour wait for the In and Out in Idaho. Did everybody in the state of Idaho come to get a burger? Yeah, everyone went. The line was Idaho long. <laughs> There's nothing else to do in Idaho. What else are you going to do? I've been to Idaho. It's actually pretty underrated. People think it sucks, but it's beautiful. I don't know if Roddy Jones ever been. He might have been to Idaho. <laughs> he might have called a Boise State game in Idaho. I have been to Idaho twice. One of the most picturesque places I've ever been in my life. I could not recommend Idaho.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.